This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Today on the On Enquirer podcast, it's going to be me, Jeremy Warner here, solo. I got some thoughts on Illinois against Wisconsin. I got some thoughts on maybe some Big Ten honors for some Illinois basketball players as the Illini have won six of seven after their third straight win up at Kohl Center. Also got some uh, around the Big Ten thoughts as the Big Ten. We're starting to see maybe some of the cream rise uh, in the Big Ten, but still a muddled mess in the middle. Uh, but some thoughts on that. And of course, uh, Illinois football has a new position coach. Uh, and I just did uh, my projected spring depth chart since we know who's going to be here in the spring and the spring semester has started. So I'll give some thoughts on that. Uh, you know, kind of some ideas I were percolating as I was putting that together. But before we dive into all of that, just want to let you know that today, Monday, January 30th, we have a flash sale going on, 75% off a VIP membership to Illini Inquirer. Uh, so if you're not an Illini Inquirer VIP member, now is the time to do so. You can save more than $80. It's $25 for the entire year, which comes out to, my quick math, just over two bucks a month, a couple cents a day. Uh, so it's a great time to do that. I got a Malik LZ story up there for you. Got plenty of basketball content up there as well. So now is a great time to do that. We got uh, the regular signing period coming up for football, but of course uh, a big time for Illinois basketball as they make their push and uh, appreciate all your support. But if you want to become a VIP member, get the latest, most in-depth detail analysis from Illinois football, Illinois basketball, Derek Piper's thoughts, my thoughts, Michael Tulip's VIP film rooms. Uh, it is worth Michael Tulip's VIP film rooms uh, for, what, $2 a month for the next year. So uh, I encourage you to sign up for that. But let's talk a little bit about Illinois basketball and what a great performance that was for them at, at Wisconsin. I, I thought Brad Underwood really hit it uh, on the head that, you know, you, you withstand a 15-2 to run at the Kohl Center on a Saturday afternoon, which hasn't gone well for Illinois during the 2010s, right, when they lost eight straight uh, up there at, at, at Madison. So to be able to do that and, and respond and run away with that game, Chucky Hepburn, by the way, kudos to him. He is a, a garbage-time all-star against Illinois, getting some late points and late threes against Illinois to, to up his line. But I just thought it was a fantastic performance by Illinois, showed some toughness. And I think one thing we got to consider about this team is, yeah, it's been an up-and-down season for them, but it really hasn't been for the past month, right? Like, inconsistency has been a term we've talked about with this team. 
Um, but I, I don't know if we can use that right now because they've won six of seven. Well, listen, they lost one uh, to a red-hot Indiana team. Uh, you know, that was on the back end of six games in 18 days, 18 straight games of playing, whether you think that's an excuse or not. Like, it looked like a tired team, and it looked like a very hungry Indiana team that is starting to play up to its capability, just like Illinois. But but those happen uh, in the Big Ten, and I wasn't too concerned about that if they came out and responded really well, and certainly uh, they have done that over the last week. But this team is finding consistency. It is one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten outside of really Purdue, which which is leading the Big Ten, maybe running away with, with the Big Ten title. But Indiana and Illinois are, are the two other hottest teams in the Big Ten. So I don't know if we can call them unpredictable anymore because they are as consistent as any team. Because I know we look at Illinois and you think, oh, they're just not consistent enough. And I get that over the, the large scheme of the season, but they're starting to find that. And it really all starts – on the defensive end like some of the numbers they are putting together uh is ridiculous and what they did with wisconsin which shot 33 percent from the field listen i don't think it's an overwhelmingly talented wisconsin team and i think that is starting to show for illinois their talent and their depth the fact that you can have terrence shannon uh have four points in, in a big 10 game six points excuse me and you still run away with it in Cole Center because you got a guy like Matthew Meyer can go off. You got a guy like Dane Danger who can who can lift you offensively, and you got a guy like Jaden Epps uh, who can score. So uh, the fact that you can have that, unlike Wisconsin, like they can't have Tyler Wall have under ten points and beat Illinois. They can't have Chucky Hepburn have zero points and a half uh, and have a chance to beat Illinois. They want to have some depth and the talents um, to to overcome those things i think we've really seen that shine through that even when they don't play their best offensively they can find a way to score enough points because they have talent and they play good enough defense the the stat that is just pretty amazing to me right now is the difference in two point uh, field goal percentage for illinois right now they rank number 23 in the country in two-point offense they're shooting 55.3 percent uh, from two, which is one of the best in the country, right? But their two-point defense ranks number nine in the country. Teams are shooting 43.3% from the field from two. And th- this aligns with Brad Underwood's philosophy of forcing tough twos. They have done this the last several years with drop coverage with Kofi Coburn uh, and all of that, but they're doing it at an elite level this year. Back in 2021, uh, obviously, Illinois' great year. They were number 14 in the country in two-point offense, but two-point defense, they were 29th this year. Um, or no, they were 20th that year. This year, they're number nine. Uh, so they're even better so far this year at that. But the fact that you are shooting 12% better from two than your opponents is pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, and Illinois is shooting 1% better uh, from three. They're not a really good three-point shooting team right now, but they are shooting 1% better from three. So they're they're closing out on threes. They're forcing you off the line. And then they have Dane Danger uh, in the middle with that drop coverage who, who causes a lot of problems. And then your length is just really shining. Like you can get beat off the dribble, but when you're going against 6'9 Matthew Meyer or 6'10 Coleman Hawkins or even 6'7 R.J. Melendez, you have so much length that it bothers people around the rim. Even on post-ups, you see Tyler Wall or Steven Crowell really struggle to finish uh, around these guys. The only guy that's really been able to dominate them, of course, is, is Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, and that's obviously going to be 
a concern with maybe Hunter Dickinson, with, with maybe, of course, Zach Eady. Uh, that'll be really interesting to watch. But the Illini are one of the best shot-blocking teams in the country, and this is how good they are. This is the best shot-blocking team in Illinois history. They are on pace to shatter the single-season record for block shots. Through 21 games, Illinois is 126 blocks. They're averaging six per game. That puts them on pace for 186 by the end of the regular season. Just to put this in perspective, the Illini's single-season record for block shots is 162 back in 1979. Their next is 152 in 2011. After that, 146, 144, 144. Illinois already has more blocks this season than they have in any season since 2015, or 2014, excuse me. They had 127 that year. Nan Agu on that team, but they just have so many different shot blockers. They have three guys right now in the top 10 in total uh, shot blocks in the, in the Big Ten. Dane Danger has 30, Matthew Meyer 28, Coleman Hawkins 25. They're the only team in the Big Ten with multiple players among the top 10 in total shot blocks. So no other team has two. Illinois has three of them right now, with Danger, Meyer, and Coleman Hawkins. And that just makes their two-point defense ridiculously effective. And it's what's made this team start to be consistent. It's not just block shots, but you know, Coleman Hawkins changes so many shots. Like I thought Nana Egwu always was really good at that, right? Like maybe he doesn't get the the shot block every time, but he's influencing um, shots at the rim. Col- you know, when Kofi Coburn did not hunt blocks, he was better defensively because he would just impact the trajectory of shots. And you got to shoot it over and all those things. Like Illinois is ridiculously good on that end, and that is why they are finding consistency. All right, let's talk about Matthew Meyer. I, I've been thinking about this. I've kind of been tweeting it that Matthew Meyer has been the team MVP uh, over the last month or two, and, and I just dove into the numbers. And this is just something to talk about Matthew Meyer, right? Like it's it's no it's no shot at, at Terrence Shannon because he is the team MVP so far this season, just with his ability to consistently score. Um, he's the best playmaker on the team. Um, when it comes to just passing the ball right now, you know, Jaden Epps is not kind of that guy, but you know, Coleman Hawkins certainly is really good at, but when it comes to getting downhill, creating for teammates, Terrence Shannon has been that he's a really good rebounder. He's just having a breakthrough season. He's an all big 10 second player, uh, second team player at worst for me right now. And he's in the conversation for first team. Um, so this is not to, to degrade him because he's been awesome, but, but Matthew Meyer over the last two months has been as important for Illinois. So I just dove into this and said, can you make a case for, for Matthew Meyer as the team MVP? Um, so I, I cherry-picked numbers here, right? Since the Texas game, which is when Matthew Meyer broke out, the first eight games, Matthew Meyer was not very good. Five points per game. We, we see the eye test. wasn't very good defensively. Uh, was you know hunting shots by himself. But the last 13 games, he's been phenomenal. So Terrence Shannon, since the Texas game, 16 points, on 42% shooting, 26% from three, 4.8 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 1.5 steals. That's a very good all-Big Ten player. Matthew Meyer, since the Texas game, 14.8 points on 47% shooting, 43% from three, 5.1 rebounds, and two blocks. Pretty similar. Pretty similar. Obviously, the efficiency for Matthew Meyer is way better. He's making a probably a better impact on defense that not that Terrence Shannon's 
not a good defender um, when he wants to be especially, but he's making that case. And then I went to the Ken Palm. He does a team MVP or game MVP for everything. I think Zach Eady has like 20 of them already this year. But Illinois is pretty evenly distributed in this. And they're 15 wins. Terrence Shannon has five. Team leading five Ken Palm game MVPs. Matthew Meyer is second with four. So he's right behind him there. Dane Danger is in third with three. And Dane certainly has had games where he's been their most valuable player. Coleman Hawkins is fourth with two. And you want to guess the one other Illini who has one game MVP? No, it's not Jaden Epps. No, it is not RJ Melendez. It is Sky Clark who had one against Lindenwood. But Matthew Meyer's been playing fantastic. That's the point. Like the fact that he's making that case, I think right now I'd have him third team all Big Ten. That's how I feel about how he's playing right now. I think Coleman Hawkins could have that case statistically. He probably doesn't have that case against some people in the Big Ten. But think about what think about what I just said with those Ken Pound game MVPs. Three, let's see, 12 or 15 are from transfers. That transfer class now, you know, said said some doubts maybe early on with Meyer. Danger wasn't making a big impact against uh, some high major opponents early on. But Shannon five, Meyer four, Danger three. Your three are your four best players this year. I mean, I guess you could put Jaden Epps in that conversation. So at least three of your best five have been these transfers. And your two best players, your two, if you want to call them one A, one B MVPs, Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer, uh, have been the best players on your team. So it has worked out. Going to the transfer portal has worked out. I still think Tom Izzo probably should have gone there. Like he's looking better. I think Michigan State's a good team, but I think they're one player away. And they could really use that guy right now. Uh, Brad Underwood went to the portal. Going to have some ups and downs maybe with those guys, figuring it all out. But it, it's going to pay off in the end if you get talent. And you get talent that can buy in. And certainly, Terrence Shannon has bought in. And Matthew Meyer, over the last two months, uh, has bought in. I think that's a credit to him uh, and Brad Underwood. You know, Matt has really, I mean, he took and publicized some issues he had w- with his team in, in late December. But... Underwood responded to that. And those two seem to have a really good relationship. Joey Wagner had a really good story about how Matt's been praising Brad Underwood. It seems like their relationship is really good. Matt's an, Matt's an interesting cat, but um, he's playing really good basketball right now. And it seems like Brad Underwood is really connected with him and he's getting the most out of him. We've talked about Terrence Shannon as, as a potential top 40 NBA draft pick for a reason. We talk about Coleman Hawkins as a potential NBA draft pick for a reason. I think Matthew Meyer should be talked about more. He's old at 24, but, man, you see that skill he has in isolation. You see what he can do defensively, how he can recover the length that he has, and then his shooting ability. Like, that is an NBA wing. Six, Like, Max Struess is in the NBA. I think Matthew Meyer is more talented. So, like, I don't know if he's a draft pick or not, but he's going to be in a summer league, and I think a team's going to be really, really interested in him ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, 
roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. I also thought about Chucky Hepburn got me thinking. He was an all-freshman team selection last year, and I don't know if that was controversial. Uh, Coaches vote for this award, which I'll, I'll bring up here in a second, but Bryce McGowan's Malachi Branham, Max Christie, Musa Diabate, and Chucky Hepburn. Chucky Hepburn scored the fewest amount of points on that team last year, and a lot of people thought he would take a big leap as a sophomore, and I think he's been better. Uh, I don't think he's been the best point guard in the Big Ten, as some people thought Jalen Pickett is playing at an amazing level right now. But it got me thinking, because Jaden Epps outplayed Chucky Hepburn the other day. Chucky had a huge stretch, 10 points in that 15-2 run. He took over there for a little bit, but he was zero points in the first half, and Sincere Harris and Terrence Shannon get some credit for that, especially Sincere. Um, But Jaden Epps, I thought, made some huge shots. I thought Michael Tuop did a great job on Twitter, and I noticed this. Uh, And his big three when Illinois was only up one, I believe, at that time, um, did a great job of relocating and moving without the ball and getting that three had some huge takes to the rim I thought the one at the end of the half uh, was huge to get Illinois a four-point lead which you feel good about at the Cole Center but it it got me thinking is is Jaden Epps right now on the all Big Ten freshman team it's a good year for freshmen in in the Big Ten so I I think it could be difficult but I think there are three locks right now for the all freshman team Bryce Sensabaugh is, is a lock for me as freshman of the year right now. I know he's not playing for a very good Ohio State team, but he's been amazing, averaging almost 18 points, five and a half rebounds. Um, he's great. He's probably going to be a first-round draft pick. Jed Howard, we'll get into Michigan here in a little bit, um, but good thing he was in Juwan Howard's bloodline, and Juwan obviously coached him really well. He is an amazing talent, potential lottery pick, averaging about 15 points a game. Um, you know, he's carried Michigan offensively uh, at certain points this season. And, and at times, I feel like he's the best player on Michigan, which says something because I've always been a Hunter Dickinson fan. Uh, and Hunter's averaging close to 19 and 9. But Jed Howard looks like an NBA wing. And then Jalen Hood Shafino um, is probably a lock, too. He's averaging 13 points, four rebounds, four assists. Those are your three locks. You only got two spots left. And this is where it gets difficult. Like, Jaden Epps is sixth in the Big Ten among freshmen in scoring at 9.7 points. He's behind those three guys I mentioned, Sensible, Howard Hood, Shafino, Fletcher Lawyer of Purdue. Maybe I should have him as a lock. He's averaging 12.8 points per game for the number one team in the country and probably the Big Ten champion. Counter Siegen at Wisconsin, 10.5 points per game. And Braden Smith at Purdue is the other guy I think is really going to be in this mix. Nine and a half points, four points and a half rebounds, four assists. Right now, I don't think Jaden Epps would be on the All-Big Ten team because I feel like those three locks plus Lawyer and Braden Smith are the guys. Your case for for Jaden Epps is going to be if he continues to raise his scoring and if Illinois continues to win. And that's going to put him above a siege, and it already puts him above a siege for me. But... Lawyer and Braden Smith both have that winning thing. And Braden Smith has been phenomenal. I think he's even probably, does he have a better case than Fletcher Lawyer? Just because 
if you've watched those games, he is so important. Both those guys have been fantastic. But I think Jaden Epps is playing his way into that because he's been a huge part of winning. And whether he gets all Big Ten freshman team or not, the point is that I just think he's going to be a great guard for Illinois. He kind of already is. You know, some of the stuff he does is, is veteran stuff. And he is exactly what they need at guard. Somebody can break people down, get to the rim, finish at the rim. He's been much better at that here recently. And, of course, he's shooting the ball extremely well from three. So shooting 35.8% from three this year. You will take that for a freshman. Conference, it's down to about 33%. Um, he can be a high-volume scorer at some points. But, man, when Shannon is not having a great game or needs a break, you can have Epps on the court and do that. Um He's been phenomenal, and I've said next year he's going to be the leading scorer on this team. I think he's going to average 15 to 18 points a game. Him and Dane Danger make a great combo for next year. Uh, and if you can get Ty Rogers and C. Harris to be a little bit better offensively and get R.J. Melendez to be better uh, offensively, that that's a really good start. And then you add Amani Hansberry. I think you'll add a, another transfer guard. But with Jaden Epps is, is your best player or one of your best players, I think that's going to be a good thing for Illinois for the future so we'll see if he can make a better case those Purdue guards I think are standing in his way but I think Chucky Hepburn showed last year you don't need to lead a team in scoring you need to be a big impact on winning Chucky certainly was for a Big Ten champion last year the Purdue guards certainly will be uh, but I think Jaden Epps can continue uh, to make his case for that thoughts around the Big Ten um, I, I want to say that we're starting to see some separation like we're starting to see some separation among these teams. I don't know if I can say that yet, but I think we will in the next week. Uh, Purdue is is a beast because they got Zach Eady. Uh, he is running away with National Player of the Year, uh, and I don't even think it's going to be a race. Like you've had at times, you know, Jalen Wilson could be that guy um, at Kansas, but it's it's not even close right now. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis. You know, I'm looking at Ken Palm's Player of the Year standings. It's Edie, Jalen Wilson of Kansas, Trace Jackson Davis, Jalen Pickett at number four uh, from Penn State. And uh, he's just running away with it, and, and Purdue just looks so consistent. It's a huge kudos to, to Matt Painter. I thought they could have been more aggressive in the transfer portal, but he said a big-time media day. I love this kid, Braden Smith. I had some doubts about a freshman being that way, but you can see why he was Indiana Mr. Basketball because he's been huge for them along with uh, Fletcher Lawyer. And then they just have all those other pieces, Mason Gillis, Ethan Morton, um, that just fit in so well. It's just a, a really well-coached team. We'll see what the, the NCAA tournament ceiling is. I'm really interested to see Illinois play them because in the Big Ten, they don't have to play Purdue, that is. Many teams with length, athleticism, skill. Uh, and I, I'm interested to see when Illinois doubles them, what happens. I say that, but they beat Duke, they beat Gonzaga, they beat West Virginia, they beat Marquette in the non-conference, right? But you know, a team like Iowa, I think, can give them fits. I think in a team like Illinois can put give them fits. Um, maybe Maryland can give them some fits. And they play Penn State on Wednesday. I think that could be interesting. If Penn State gets hot from three... It's just you got you to gotta limit everybody else. Edie's going to get his. Uh, you just got to limit everybody else and make sure Edie doesn't get 30 on you. But uh, they're just the most consistent team right now in the Big Ten. Uh, no surprise there, as we've seen all the year. But we are seeing Illinois and Indiana emerge. The two teams I had, 
one and two in my preseason prognostication just because I thought the floor was the highest based on their talent, based on how they can defend, and Indiana's finally starting to defend. And two of my favorites in the preseason are starting to emerge. I'm happy about that because uh, I, I was high on Maryland. I, I thought they could be a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team uh, because of their talented starting five. Jameer Young's played really well. Julian Reese is one of the you know, breakout sophomores uh, in this league, and, and we know what Dante Scott can do. Hakeem Hart, really good. Um, Donald Carey. So Maryland has played their way back to 500, and I think they could be a team that finishes in the top five uh, of the Big Ten as long as they stay healthy. And then Iowa's back to 500. Really cool to see Patrick McCaffrey come back um, after dealing with his anxiety. I think he's been really strong in, in talking about that, and uh, he goes three for three, uh, you know, beating Rutgers at home. It's a huge game for Illinois this weekend going to Iowa because I think that team is another team capable of rising into the top four or top five. Uh, in, in the Big Ten. So those two teams are emerging. Northwestern, right now they're an NCAA tournament team. Chris Collins probably saved his job already, right? As long as they don't, you know, go winless the rest of the year, which is not going to happen because they're old and those those guards are playing well. Like I have my questions about Chase Aldiz and Boo Booey leading an NCAA tournament team because it's not very efficient most of the time, but they're playing their best basketball. Uh, so kudos to them. Lost a lot of talent in the portal. Pete Nance, uh, Ryan Young, especially in the post, but those guards, that backcourt's playing really well. I still don't buy them as a top five team, but you got to start buying them as a potential NCAA tournament team. If they get four more wins, you know they got a pretty dang good shot of doing that. So I don't buy them as the second best team in the Big Ten as they are right now, but they beat some good teams and they've taken care of business when they need to take care of business. The team I have not bought all year watching them um, and I'm not surprised they are now falling rapidly, is Michigan. And, and the conversation I want to bring up with Michigan, which has lost five of seven, um, you know, some some tough games, Michigan State, Iowa, Maryland, Purdue, Penn State are those losses. They've beaten Northwestern and, and Minnesota during that time. Listen, Juwan Howard is getting as much talent as anybody in the Big Ten. He's gone farther in the NCAA tournament than anybody in the Big Ten the last couple of years. I mean, they've been the only team in the second weekend, right, the last two seasons. But when you look at his resume at Michigan, that, that 2021 year where they win the Big Ten championship, controversially, he was 14-3 and three that year. My boy Trevor Valise sent me a ridiculous stat that I'm going to look up here again. Um, but the other three years, pretty under, underwhelming. All right, this is what Trevor Valise is at Field of 68 used to be here. Juwan Howard is 30 and 26 overall since their Elite Eight run. That's just overall 30 and 26 since last season, uh, 2021 season. They're 17 and 23 against high majors during that time, 3 and 17 in his last 20 games against quad one opponents. It's not a good resume. I'm not saying he should be in the hot seat or anything like that, but I'm just saying, like, there's too much talent there. Um, but I will say, this year, you know, some of the decisions they've made, you know, Jet Howard and Hunter Dickinson are two of the most talented players in the Big Ten. This is an 11-10 and 10 team right now. Um, Terrence Williams has not been what they thought he would be. Uh, obviously, Jalen Llewellyn goes down with an injury, but you, like, chose Jalen Llewellyn over Frankie Collins, who I thought was playing really well towards the end of last year and thought could have been the point guard of the future for them. And it feels like Joey Baker is their best wing, but he 
plays 37% of the time. Like, they need a shooter, and he doesn't play that much. Terrace Reed's an exciting freshman. Um, you know, Kobe Bufkin has moments. But I just, teams should be better. They shouldn't be 11-10. and 10. I know they've had a tough non-conference schedule, but you know, I just think that should be a better team. And they have a chance to finish under 500. And, and they're not playing like a team that is bothered by that. So I'm just interested to see where this Michigan thing goes. Um, it just it, it, the last two years of, and it's weird to say because they went to the Sweet 16. It's the opposite of Illinois. You feel great about the regular season for Illinois. You hate the NCAA tournament. Michigan, you love what they've done in the NCAA tournament, but the last two regular seasons, really three of the four under Juwan Howard, have not, have not been very good. So just just something to watch there. Uh, something I've found very very interesting. Uh, big games this weekend. Or this week, excuse me, uh, Indiana at Maryland on Tuesday. I think that could be a tough one for Indiana. Maryland's playing really well. Of course, it's tough for Maryland, but when you have Dante Scott, you have Julian Reese, you got some guys that can battle with Trace Jackson Davis, but Reese has to stay out of foul trouble. Um, so that's a big game for both those. If Indiana wins that, that's going to be an impressive win, but I do think Maryland can scare them. Northwestern at Iowa on Tuesday. You want me to believe Northwestern? That's the game to win. And for me, that's a, that's a game Iowa's got to protect home court. Uh, I like the talent advantage for Iowa. Penn State at Purdue on Wednesday. Listen, I think Purdue's going to win that game, but Penn State gets hot from three. You cannot let them get hot early. Illinois found that out um, yesterday. Michigan found that out. They get hot, man. Andrew Funk can go off on you. Uh, Seth Lundy can go off on you. Jalen Pickett's not the best three-point shooter, but he can do that too. Uh, that's just a, a team that they get hot from three. They can beat anybody, including the number one team in the country, playing at Purdue in Mackey, which is the best environment, I think, right now in the Big Ten. They're crazy over there. Uh, that arena gets insanely loud. Um, that, that's a, that's an interesting one that I've earmarked. Wisconsin-Ohio State midweek, that could be the last gasp for either of those teams, whoever loses that one. Uh, I don't really think as an NCAA tournament team. Penn St- or Ohio State still got some metrics in their favor, uh, but Wisconsin does not. Wisconsin needs this game really bad. Michigan State at Rutgers on Saturday. Two teams trying to fight out and trying to be a top four team. Of course, you're going to be in on that one. Same thing with Illinois at Iowa on Saturday. Two teams built pretty similarly, uh, so I can't wait for that one. Uh, great rivalry the last couple of years, of course. And then Purdue at Indiana, another rivalry game on Saturday. So a really good K, uh, slate of games in the Big Ten this week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, before we get out of here, uh, Illinois football, some some thoughts on that. I, I attended the NIL event, 10 Illinois football players. Um, you paid a little bit of money, more than pocket change, to, to go up to the watch party uh, put on by the Illini Guardians, Chicago Alumni Club up there. Uh, fantastic event. There's more than 350 people. I met some of you guys up there. Thanks for saying, hey, it's great to hear from you guys, meet you guys in person. Uh, into uh, I just love the support that you guys have given us, but uh, it was great support for, for those Illinois football players as well. Uh, Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, Isaiah Adams, Casey Washington, Pat Bryant, Josh McCray, 
I'm going through all of them right now. Luke Altmeyer, Reggie Love, Caleb Griffin, uh, and Henry Boyer were all there. Um, so I caught up with some of those guys, left some stories, uh, asked their thoughts on the NIL event, meeting all the, the fans, got that in the Daily Digest this morning. Uh, just a really cool event, and uh, Illinois is really trying to st- up, step up its uh, NIL game, and it, it's been successful here recently. They're going to have another collective come out soon that's more of the big dollars, and that certainly seemed to help with the pitches to bring a lot of these players back. That's what NIL has really done for, for Illinois football is help them retain talent. Illinois basketball You've seen it help get talent, especially with Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer, and it was Sky Clark as well. Uh, but just a really well-run event by the Illini Guardians, who are really more the grassroots uh, of Illinois' NIL venture. Um, and you can go support them. Go to IlliniGuardians.com if you'd like to support uh, Illinois' NIL efforts there. Uh, I did give my thoughts uh, quickly on YouTube about the Charlie Bullen hires, the new outside linebackers coach, spent the last decade in the NFL my biggest thing is I feel like Brett Bielma kind of threaded the needle uh, on what he was looking for and I think what fits at Illinois. Listen, I think Kevin Kane was good outside of linebackers coach. I think he did a great job recruiting. Um, and obviously he's a Big Ten defense coordinator right now, so he's respected. Ryan Walters respects his thoughts uh, is, is a guy with scheme and development and all of that. But Brett Bielma said he really wanted somebody with some pass rush uh, experience and somebody who could help Illinois' pass rush. Well, Bowen has spent the last decade coaching some of the best, especially the last three, four years, coaching some of the best pass rushers in the world. Not, not just you know college or whatever, like the best pass rushers in the world. Um, did you guys see the NFC Championship game? Hassan Reddick, what he did for the Eagles? He wrecked that game. Uh, he coached him back in 2020 with the Arizona Cardinals. Reddick has gone on to be a superstar uh, for both the Panthers and the Eagles. Uh, he also coached Chandler Jones, which uh, as a Bears fan, um, Bears chose Shea McClellan over Chandler Jones. I hate seeing that name all the time. But uh, as a line, I think you should be happy because Chandler Jones was coached by Charlie Bowen. And Chandler Jones is the Cardinals' all-time leader in sacks, two-time first-team All-Pro with the Cardinals, and, and Bowen was a part of coaching him. Uh, it's not all on Bowen, but obviously he was around that. He was part of that and part of their success. He also worked with Olivier Vernon and Cameron Wake, two really good pass rushers in Miami. And I think the reason Brett Bielma wanted somebody with this kind of NFL experience is he's got a couple NFL prospects at outside linebacker, and maybe more in the future. But Seth Coleman and Gabe Backus both have NFL potential. Both should probably be um, pumped about this hire and what Charlie Bowling could bring. Um, because they're they want to be where Jones and Reddick are now, right? Like that's where they want to be, and both had the chance to do that. And I think Brett Bielman knows I got to get the most out of these guys. Plus, there's talent behind them: Alec Bryant, Ezekiel Holmes, Jared Beatty. I am really high on Calvin Trey Smith coming in and Pat Farrell coming in. But um, there's a lot of talent in that room. Now, as a recruiter, he's unproven, right? But he's got some things that that fit here. He's young. And he's an Illinois native. Um, he's from Palatine. He graduated from Fremd. He should be theoretically a good fit for an area that Kevin Kane really did well. Bowen's from the northwest suburbs, but Kevin Kane, who's from Kansas City, you know, really knew from his days at Northern Illinois, he knew the the south and western suburbs. And I think Bowen is a really good fit there. Bart Miller recruits the northwest suburbs right now. I would just keep him there. So maybe Bowen takes some time to to get more of these relationships that Kane already kind of had 
But I do think, judging from what I've heard about his personality, uh, his youth, his pitch of, hey, you see Hassan Reddick? You see Chandler Jones? I coach those guys. I know what it takes to be successful, not only at that level, but at this level as well. Um, I think he should be pretty good there. And, and I do think the the running backs coach will probably be a pretty proven recruiter. We'll see who that is. And number three, Bowen's got some Big Ten experience. He played quarterback at Harper College and, and St. Norbert College, obviously two or lower levels. But he attended Iowa, was a student assistant and graduate assistant for the Hawkeyes under Kirk Ferentz. Uh, and Norm Parker is a legendary defense coordinator. So he knows Big Ten ball. He knows what it's all about. And uh, I think it says something that you know, NFL guy had success at his position with the Arizona Cardinals, despite that not being a great, you know, season this year for for the Cardinals. They did have a really good pass rush, right? They, they've had really good pass rushers there over the last several years. So learn more about Bowen as we go along. But my, my initial reaction was just that it checks a lot of boxes for what Illinois is looking for uh, on its revamped staff. Last thing, I put together my projected spring depth chart. Uh, and just just some thoughts as I'm going through it. Number one, obviously we know they're really strong in that front seven defensively. I mean, you just put it on paper. You see Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, T-Rod Edwards I think is going to step up big time. And now you got Denzel Daxon coming in, and you got Rasan Wilkins, good depth at nose tackle with T-Rod Edwards. Bryce Barnes returns. I talked to Terrence Shamison a, a couple weeks ago, and he was really high on Sed McConnell's development. You saw him playing the bowl game. So that depth chart is one of the best in the Big Ten uh, on the defensive line. And then the same thing with outside linebacker. You get Seth Coleman and Gabe Hackus, two all-Big Ten players. I think it'd be NFL draft guys. And then Alec Bryan, Ezekiel Holmes is depth, guys who have played at this level. And then young talent like Jared Beatty and, and Trey Smith. Um, that's that's a good place to be up front. Obviously, you're, 2024, who's going to be the defensive lineman after Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph make this, the leap? I don't know. But then you got Tariq Barnes and Calvin Hart, um, two experienced Big Ten starters at linebacker. Dylan Rosiak, Kanena Odaluga, two third-year guys who should be good depth. And guys developing behind them with Malachi Hood, James Crutes, Antoine Hayden. So you feel really good about that. Defensive backfield, you got so much talent to replace. But you do have like the, the silver lining of losing Taz Nicholson to injury losing Terrell Jennings injuries, you got to see a little bit about Tyler Strain. You got to see a little bit about Xavier Scott. And they quitted themselves pretty well, especially against Mississippi State. Uh, but Strain played pretty well. So Caleb Patterson coming in, I think, is what you want physically. I think Strain's going to battle him for the spot opposite uh, Taz Nicholson. But you also get to develop guys like Elijah McCantos and Tyson Rooks before all these freshmen come in. Matthew Bailey's going to slide in probably. Uh, one of those starting safety spots, whether it's Sidney Brown's spot at strong safety or Kendall Smith's spot at free safety, I thought what Matthew, B- Matthew Bailey did this year was more what Kendall Smith does at free safety, but they've called him Sid 2.0. Nicario Harper, I've heard, could play um, the nickel spot, but I have a feeling he's going to play the strong safety spot because it's kind of what he's done. He told me that's what he studied was was Sidney Brown and they talked to him about a lot what Sidney Brown did and I got Xavier Scott slated in his nickel because that's where he started the year and then injuries forced him out to corner but I think he's got the skills they like at that nickel position I'm really interested to see what Prince Green and Keontae Curry do I think it's crucial off seasons for them um, so I'm interested in that my biggest questions 
I, I'm not as concerned about wide receiver as some people. Yes, they need to get better there. But I think they are with their young talent. And maybe they go get somebody in the transfer portal, right? You lose Brian Hightower, you got somebody to replace. But you do get Isaiah Williams, Pat Bryant, Casey Washington back. Talk to Pat Bryant. Like He told me the one thing he wants to get better at is being a deep threat. And that's what they need. And I think Pat Bryant showed he's capable of that. I think he can be capable of that. Um, is he the fastest dude? No, but he can win a lot of 50-50 balls. And I think the experience of this year and the confidence he gained of this year can help. Casey Washington is a solid veteran. Uh, maybe not the guy who gets separation, but he doesn't need to as much because he's just he's got the best hands on the team. And I do think Isaiah Williams becomes the engine of this offense. I think he's going to get as many touches as some of these running backs. Um, but my story of the spring is seeing what Hank Beatty has. Ian Pugh, Ashton Hollins, those those guys who are becoming second-year players. Sean Miller, we'll see what he is health-wise after that knee injury. Probably not going to be as active as some of those other guys, but he was slated to play this year. And then you're bringing in Malik Elzey, who they expect to play right away, and Colin Dixon, who I think can play right away. So the question is, is a transfer that you can get, and I wouldn't be expected, I wouldn't be shocked to see them go get a transfer wide receiver this spring, but is a transfer you get better than any of those freshman sophomores you have? Um, because you do have talent there. And George McDonald, pretty good developer of talent. And then you can always count on, you know, Williams and Bryant being even better. Like, that's a pretty good duo right there. So I'm not as concerned about that position. I am really intrigued at running back. You don't have a Chase Brown here, right? But Josh McCray did show number one ability. Reggie Love did play well towards the end of the year. Neither is Chase Brown, but do you need Chase Brown? Is your offensive line... Should be pretty dang good, especially if you can add another starter in the transfer portal after uh, the Avery Jones fiasco. But I talked with McCray and Love. I'll have a story later this week. Uh, they are both really excited about the possibility. McCray talked about how much he learned from Chase Brown, about preparation, all that, and uh, you know, battling through adversity this year. And Reggie Love wants this man. Like he he thinks he's good enough to be a number one Big Ten back, and now he's got his opportunity. We'll know a lot more probably after this off uh, this spring. But you also have Jordan Anderson, Aiden Loffrey, Caden Fagan. There's some talent there. I just, are you healthy enough? Are you explosive enough? Like, if Loffrey is healthy, you can be. But if it's one position you can sell in the transfer portal this spring when the transfer portal opens again uh, to somebody who's really, really good. But I don't know if Illinois thinks they need it. They're going to learn a lot more about it this spring. Obviously, quarterback. You feel better with Luke Kaltmeyer and John Paddock coming in. I think I think getting Paddock, somebody who's experienced to be behind Altmaier and to push Donovan Leary, push Kirkland Michaud uh, is really big. We've talked about that uh, here on the podcast. I'm interested to see the tight ends. Can Henry Boyer, boy, I saw him up close, guys. Massive. Massive. And they think he can be a threat in the receiving game. Uh, so him and Tanner Arkin with Tip Ryman. Griffin Moore caught a catch late in the year. We'll see if Owen Anderson and, and Navion Cargill kind of emerge here. And the offensive line, obviously, you know, Julian Pearl, Zy Chrysler, and Isaiah Adams are going to start. I am fascinated by where Isaiah Adams plays. Is it tackle or does he get a look at center? Huge opportunity for Josh Cruz with Avery Jones not here. Um, he can show that that maybe my lack of length and size doesn't matter as much, but um, he's got his opportunity, and we'll see if he can run with it, if he can show enough. They really like Josh, but is he big enough uh, for the Big Ten? We'll see. Jordan Slaughter, I think this time you got to really show yourself because Desmond Schuster's going to be coming in in, this, in the spring, or in the summer, excuse me. 
and, and he could push for that job as well. But obviously, Jordan Slaughter came back to be a Big Ten starter, and it's his best opportunity to do so. And I think you feel good about him coming back to, to fill one of those spots because uh, he certainly was a valuable sixth man this past year. But can Josh Geske emerge at tackle? They're excited about him. Redshirt sophomore out of Mantino. Um, can he play well enough to tackle that can you move somebody to center? Can you move Adams to center? Um, I think Isaiah Adams is probably a better fit there and probably a better player, but you got to find your best five. Zachary Barlev, Hunter Whitenack could be in the mix there, right? So um, interesting to see how that emerges, but you're starting to build some depth there, um, especially with Schuster coming in in the summer. And if you can add another transfer, um, which I think they will try to this summer. But that's that's the biggest thing you're starting to see is you don't know if you have a Chase Brown there, but you feel like you got five talented running backs, right? Like who's going to be the fourth, fifth starters in the offensive line? I don't know, but you feel like you got more competition than you've had in recent years. Your front seven is as good as it's been in, in years. Um, you got big questions because you're replacing three unbelievable secondary guys, but you've recruited really well at that position. You've developed really well at that position. Um, and then wide receiver, like I'm saying, like, these are some of the best recruits Illinois had at wide receiver coming in the last two classes. Maybe they take time to develop, but you got two really good returners, or three if you want to include Casey Washington in that. But you got Isaiah Williams and Pat Bryant, who may have NFL potential. Uh, and then a quarterback, you're, you're starting to get some real talent. Like you're able to get a top 10 transfer, get an experienced guy behind him in John Paddock. I think they're doing a really good job of building a better depth chart. And if you have injuries in the future, maybe you can deal with it a little better than you have in the past. All right. Thank you guys for listening to Illini Inquirer podcast again. It's 75% off right now. VIP sale at Illini Inquirer. It's a great time to sign up for the VIP sale. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to us. We appreciate all the support there. Uh, And of course, support us on this podcast channel. Um, And give us a rating and review if you can on your Apple. Uh, We appreciate when you guys do that. It really, really helps us out. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.